Today on Locked On Canadians, we talk about the Habs prospects in the World Juniors. We also have a rocket recap. And most importantly, what exactly are the Montreal Canadiens doing with Slavkovsky? And that's all coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 758 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Laura Saba, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matlove, Habs Eyes on the Prize, who is fresh off covering a very eventful Rocket game, which we're going to talk about in a second. Scott, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. It's uh, still raining in Buffalo. My dog will not stop going to the bathroom, regardless of whether it's good or not, Uh, and I haven't slept (laughs) much, but... Uh, the Rocket have won. The Canadians prospect that World Juniors are playing well. The Canadians did not play today in general. So, so far, so good, actually. <laughs> There's ice pellets outside my window that I can hear. So, Montreal, those of you in Montreal, please drive safe. Uh, hopefully you're not, uh, you know, you're not stuck in the freezing rain. Uh, and so, let's quickly do a recap of a very eventful Rocket game. We're going to talk a little bit about Rafael Harvey-Pinard, what the Canadians are doing with Slavkovsky and all that in the second segment. Real quick, how was the game tonight, Scott? Uh, it, it's about as good as you could possibly hope for for a team that's been bouncing back in a big way to end 2022 and to start 2023. Uh, they're currently sitting on a three-game winning streak. They've started playing a lot better hockey throughout the month of December, even if all the results were not there. And they did a lot of that while missing a lot of bodies. As we talked about in the previous show, Madison Bowie still injured. Otto Luskinen is out. They obviously have Justin Barron called up to the NHL. Nicola Baudin just got back from the Spengler Cup. They're still icing a very young defense or a mishmash defense in Laval. Still getting the job done. And tonight, Xavier Simeno returned to the lineup. Nate Schnarr returned to the lineup. Caden Primo returned to the lineup. He was the backup goaltender. And obviously, Nicolas Baudin was back in the lineup as well. And the Rocket scored six goals tonight. Rem Pitlick had four assists. Rafael Harvey-Pinard had a hat trick and an assist. Jesse Olinen had a goal and an assist. Everything is clicking, and this looks a lot more like the Rocket team that we watched last year, where... They're sometimes a little inefficient in the way that they manage the clock, namely taking penalties, but they played a solid 60 minute game in the second period. They allowed two shots and the moose just happened to score on one of them. It's a, it was a kind of a weird thing, but they put up a lot more shots. They were the far more dominant team. They cashed it on the power play when they had to, it was a very good effort and I continue and I will continue to beat the drum here, is that Xavier Simino is going to be a Montreal Canadian next year. He's going to drive everybody insane. Even with a full mask on after his uh, facial injury from a few weeks ago, he has no fear getting involved with whomever may be on the ice. 
I know a lot of people had concerns about what was going on with the rocket and what is this. I really do think that their luck's just kind of turning the other way now and their good habits that they put forth in these games where they weren't getting the bounces or getting the saves is paying off. And yeah, maybe Manitoba isn't as good as some of the other teams, but they still beat Syracuse twice and Syracuse is a very good team and they've been competitive across the board. Uh, They do play Manitoba again on Friday and then they play the Toronto Marlies on Sunday going to be two big tests to see if they can keep their consistency rolling here. And the biggest thing is this team is a big mix of veterans and young guys are doing this without Anthony Richard. They're doing this without Justin Barron. And the team is being led namely by prospects, namely Raphael Harvey Pinard, who is just absolutely on fire for the rocket. He always has a little bit of a slow start and then he gets going and he just does not stop. And when we're looking, I know we're going to talk call-ups and stuff in the next segment a little bit, but it's a toss-up between who they're going to bring up next. If it's Yolanden or it's going to be Harvey Pinard. Either one you can't go wrong with because they each bring a different skill set, but both are equally deserving in my eyes right now. And that's the thing. It's that it, it, it took a long time, but it's good to have a game where they look like the team that gave us so much hope last season. And it's good to have a game where these prospects that we want to make the NHL uh, are able to excel, get everything back. I'm just, I'm just excited about what you said about Xavier Simono. And speaking of prospects, it is important to note that there's a Locked On NHL Prospects podcast hosted by Hattie Kalakesh, a good friend of ours, and uh, lots of prospect talk there for you guys to listen to uh, if ever you want. Whether you agree with him or not, like he does his homework really, really hard. And, and I think, um, you know, Hattie is a great resource for people. We're also going to have Sebastian High on our uh, on our podcast next week. So next week in the calendar. I had said this week when I was talking, but I meant next week. Um, so essentially, you know, we're going to grill him about prospects. I know there were some questions about defensive depth in the YouTube, so we haven't forgotten those. We're going to ask him about that. And we're going to ask about Nick Suzuki. But in the meantime, kind of related to the rocket and prospects and stuff like that, as Scott alluded to, we're going to talk about who should be called up from the AHL and also should Slavkovsky be sent down because we're not really sure what the plan is with him. The Canadians are not necessarily uh, really looking like they have a specific direction that they want to go in. So we're going to do some very irresponsible speculation as to what's going on. And then we're going to give our opinions as to what should happen. And that's all coming up in just one moment. But first, remember, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So the game starts with us. It starts with asking why Yuri Slavkovsky is always on the fourth line for whatever reason. Scott, what exactly is going on? Why can't they play him alongside Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield more often? Why aren't they playing him consistently in the top six? What is going on with the Habs? And 
I, I just, I don't understand. And, and if this is the way they're going to treat him, why don't they send him down and call up Raphael Harvey Pinard or Yassi Lunin? So with this, and I obviously am not in the room. I do not have any insider information. I know as much as the listener listening or the watcher watching this right now, my biggest thought is I think Martin St. Louis in sitting down with Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes and everyone else in the front office. And it is to my biggest thought is they want to get whatever veterans or potential trade assets that they have going and they want to boost their value because they want to get them moved out for picks and assets and everything, which is what Kent Hughes wants to do with this rebuild and going into this trade deadline. And part of that unfortunately means that there's only so many lineup spots for so many guys. And it isn't so much about, who's earned the spot so much. They want to get Josh Anderson scoring goals. They want to get Mike Hoffman scoring goals. They want to get Yol Armia looking useful and everything. They want to give these guys an opportunity to get their legs in their game back through whatever means necessary. And sometimes that's easy. Sometimes that's not. It's um, hockey's a weird sport like that. And unfortunately it does come at the expense of Uri Slavkovsky, who I do think with Sean Monahan made a very nice combination. The issue is Sean Monahan is injured and they really haven't found anything else that works. I would like to see them pair him up with either Kirby Dock as his center or on the top line with Suzuki and Caulfield. But right now, until Monahan is back to be a stabilizing guy on one lot guy on one line or the other, they're they're kind of stuck in the way that they are right now. It is frustrating and it's kind of making me wonder, okay. When are we sending him to the AHL at this point to give him that ice time? And this isn't a thing about world juniors because there was a debate about it on Twitter. And the thing is, he doesn't need to play at a juniors tournament. He dominated the Olympics. He dominated world championships. He played in the men's league. Let him play against other grown men at this point. Sending him down a level like Philip Mashar isn't quite the same thing for him. Slavkovsky's outgrown that level and we'll be throwing away a year of his development at this point. So it's a frustrating talking point that doesn't have a definitive answer, but a lot of diverging paths to go down, depending on how you want to look at it. So it's interesting because some of our commenters, and also I've seen online some thoughts where, you know, the Canadians didn't uh, put Jesperi Kotkaniemi in the AHL long enough, so they ruined his development is this is something that is happening with Slavkovsky. I don't necessarily think they're ruining his development, but I don't think that they're really putting him in an optimal position to develop. Does that make sense? I, yes. If only because I look at this right now and I go, everything made sense when they were winning games and they're easing him in because Claude Julian did this with Nick Suzuki when he was a rookie. He would start games in one spot and end games on the fourth line or start games on the fourth line and move up as things go until he earned that spot. And there are games that Slavkovsky looks great. He has earned that promotion up there. And there are other games that he has not because he is a barely 18-year-old child. And that all makes sense. The biggest thing is right now is that you are investing a lot into him. He's working with Adam Nicholas. You got to give him the ice time to improve his things there. You can't improve if you're not playing enough minutes. It's a very curious thing, and this is unrelated somewhat, but what are the Kraken going to do with Shane Wright? 
because we famously know how that all went to start the year before he was released for World Juniors and that he was getting like seven minutes a night. If Slavkovsky isn't going to get the ice time to, you know, improve and grow confidence like Wright was kind of getting benched, you're, you're stunting the growth of what needs to happen here a little bit. And that's kind of why I'm like, send him to the AHL. Let him play 16, 17 minutes a night as opposed to 10 or 11 on the fourth line. I want to, it's the point where he should be doing that. And I think he'd be a big piece for the Rocket too, who are, as other people pointed out, are meant to go and win a Calder Cup. Not always so much develop prospects, but the opportunity is there for it. And they should take it. This isn't the old, you know, AHL system. This is a new one. And if you don't trust that system now to develop your first overall pick, if you want to send them there, you got to make changes there. And I don't think that's the case. I do think before long, depending on who gets healthy across all the lineups here, we're going to see Slavkovsky spend some time in the AHL. It might be two weeks, might be the rest of the year. Who knows? Uh, it's it's up to the Canadians, up to Slavkovsky to improve and earn your way out of there and not, you know, kind of just stagnate a little bit. Take it as a learning opportunity and do so. So then here's my question from what you've seen, because a few weeks ago you started putting Anthony Richard in your three up a couple of weeks in a row, a few weeks in a row. And then what ended up happening? The Canadians called him up. You said that he did everything to earn himself a call up. Now we're seeing with, you know, the, the rocket getting better, uh, some of the people being back from injury, having a healthy lineup. Who is standing out? So let's say they send Slavkovsky down. Who is standing out to you? Like, what are the players? Who are the players on the forward core that have earned a spot with the Montreal Canadiens at this point in time? Uh, very easily. It's Raphael Harvey Pinard currently. Uh, with his hat trick tonight, he is up to the top 12 in AHL goal scoring. He has 23 points on the season. Uh, he's he's undersized, yeah, but he he doesn't quit on plays. He makes things happen. He battles. His goals tonight were all about getting to the right spots on the ice to put himself in a scoring position. Um, Jesse Ullinen is the most skilled player not playing in the NHL on a pro contract for the Canadians right now. He's He skates so well. He shoots so well. He passes the puck well. He's not fully polished. There is some looseness to his game that needs tightening up. But he's someone ideally that could very easily keep pace with a Suzuki Caulfield in the way they see the game and intelligence. And admittedly, Rem Pitlick is probably too good for the AHL. He had four points tonight, almost had five on a goal. Um, But that's kind of treading water a little bit. If I am the Canadians and I'm looking to call someone up and I'm sending Slavkovsky down, one of Yulinen or Harvey Pinard is the one coming up. And whichever one isn't, it's going to be stuck opposite of Slavkovsky when he gets down there. Just to give him that outlet, that safety valve there, that guy he can trust. Uh, and I think that with Harvey Pinard, you can stick him anywhere in the Canadians lineup. And he'll he'll just mold and fit to that. Whereas Yulinen, if you're calling him up, Put him in an offensive role. Do not make him a fourth-line checker. He skates well, yes, but put him in a position to utilize his offensive talents. And I think Martin St. Louis can do that. It's just got to get rid of some of the dead weight on this roster because there's guys who have earned NHL chances, and it's a cup of coffee versus a, a long weekend or a weekend retreat kind of thing. They deserve more of a chance. They just can't get it because... 
there's too many guys they got to ship out first and speaking of Rafael harvey pinard who among us is not undersized um as a fellow short person you know i'm always rooting for him short king we've got plenty of short kings on this roster in this prospect pool uh, in the meantime, uh, we speaking of prospect pools, we are going to talk about the World Juniors, the Canadians' uh, prospects in the World Juniors and how they've performed. And hint, hint, we're going to talk about Josh Wawa in a second. And that is coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Do you remember Built Bar? If you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you will know that it is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They're only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with 17 grams of protein in the Built Bar. Now, if you want to go to Built.com, you can get Built Bar at a discount at, with the promo code LOCKEDON15, and you'll get 15% off your order. But you can also now go to Walmart or Sam's Club and get a box of Built Bar there. So you've got two choices now, and you know you want to try them. So you can head to either Built.com and enter that promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off, or go to Walmart and you can pick up a box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, they're so, so delicious. So check it out. Go to Built Bar and you will thank us later. All right. So uh, we do have the World Juniors going on. As th at the time that we're recording this, Canada has just beat the United States yet again in a hockey tournament. Um, and so, sup, sup, Scott. <laughs> um, uh, all right, so let's talk about the Canadians' prospects in this tournament because U.S. or no U.S., uh, obviously there's some players that really, really stood out. Uh, and at the time that we're recording this, obviously, the final is tomorrow, I believe. Uh, and it's it's so... Time has no meaning anymore. Scott, let's talk about the Canadians' prospects in the tournament. And let's... Shall we leave Joshua Raw for last or shall we talk about him first? My thought was we would start with the players who have been eliminated from metal contention at this point, which is Vincennes Rohr, uh, Oliver Kapanen, and uh, Philip Machar at this point. And Austria was completely overmatched in this tournament. They tried, and Vincennes Rohr's tried really hard. He drew a lot of praise for, you know, always being available even after blowout losses and everything else. It's a smart kid. And I think he's going to go a long way with his intelligence, especially at the OHL level. And yeah, maybe he didn't have the tournament he wanted, but I think this was a growing experience for him. When he gets back to Ottawa with the 67s, I think he's going to take right back off. Uh, Oliver Kapanen had his moments, had a couple of goals in this tournament. It's He's still a, a, a prospect that I'm not sure of overall. He showed flashes and he still has growing to do. He's someone that I think would benefit if he wants to make that uh, jump to the next level is that he's got to come to North America next year. And I don't think he'll crack the Habs roster, but I do think he would very easily be a middle six staple on the rocket going forward. And Philip Mashar is incredible. It's a shame Slavkovsky was not at the tournament with him, but Philip Mashar and Simon Nemec uh, absolutely did everything they could for Slovakia. They almost upset Canada I just an extremely talented program on the rise. And Philip Mashar is a guy that 
fans should really get excited about. Like, yeah, no medals or anything, but he could easily been sticking in the AHL this year. Going to junior isn't a bad thing. And I think next year he's going to be just another level of a nightmare to handle. He's got so much skill. Everything I said about Jesse Yulinen applies to Philip Mashar as well. Just it, he might be even better than Yolanin is. And that's not meant as a disrespectful thing. Uh, and it's kind of an embarrassment of riches when you consider the Canadians are going to add even more on top of that. Yeah. I just, I'm looking at, honestly, we've talked about a little bit about this, but I kind of want to adopt Vincent's roar um, <laughs> and, and knit him a little sweater. Uh, he's, he's one of my favorite personalities in the Canadians prospect pool. So, uh, and I just, sometimes I look at Mayshar's skill level and I'm just astounded by it. It's just, it's so good. And, and I think the issue that I find sometimes is that we don't get to see a lot of these players a lot in the OHL because we have very busy lives and there are NHL and AHL games going on all the time that we have to monitor, uh, which is why we ask our prospect experts on, and that's coming up, you know, in our, in our, in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking trades and prospects a lot. I know I keep saying this, but it's just because I'm really hype about, I'm very excited about this. I'm so, so hyped. Uh, But in the meantime, you know, there's gotta be, I think, I mean, I think we do have to talk about Lane Hudson but I feel like we've got to talk a lot about, and a little bit about Owen Beck, a little bit, uh, but we've got to talk a lot about Joshua Roth. I mean, we're, we're forgetting there is one other prospect who will play for a medal, and that's Adam Engstrom for Team Sweden, who might be the most underrated Habs prospect in the system right now. He will play against Lane Hudson in the bronze medal game on Thursday. Uh, two very young, talented blue liners in the Canadians prospect pool here. Uh, very excited to see what he does. He was a big leader for the Swedish team who just ran into a hot Czechia team. Czechia, Czechia. I'm not going to call them the Czech Republic, but I always screw up how they say this. Czechia. Um, Czechia. Um, very talented team, very fun team. And Adam Engstrom is a very special player, I think, who's going to turn out real well. He's been uh, doing very well over in Sweden, but... Owen Beck did get a secondary assist, uh, ended up being a regular forward by the end of the night because, duh, of course he did. He's Owen Beck. Why would you be surprised by that? Uh, Joshua Waugh rules, and he's part of the best line in this tournament, and that's not up for debate even as an American who was cheering against Canada. Joshua Waugh plays on the best line in this tournament, and he's not a passenger. He is every part of conductor that Connor Bedard and Logan Stankoven are too just absurdly dominant and he was good last tournament. This tournament has kind of opened up a lot of people's eyes to him. He's going to, he's, I don't know if he's going to make the NHL roster next year, just because I don't know what the NHL roster is going to look like in terms of veterans, but he's going to be such a fun piece. He's come a long way from just being a scoring only player to someone who is a lot better working in transition and in along the boards and in other situations, he's rounded out his game, which is what we wanted to see when he went back to the QMJHL this year was develop those other parts of your game. We know you can put up 120 points in the QMJHL. That's great. Can you work on the little things that help you succeed at the next level? And this tournament is showing that, yeah, he's improved on those things. He's playing really good talent every night. All due respect to players in the queue, but it's another level 
and it's really exciting to see him. I don't know how far his junior team is going to go, but he's someone that the minute Sherbrooke is done playing hockey this year, put him on in the NHL roster. Who cares? Send him to the AHL. Let the rocket rip with that in the playoffs this year. I'm very excited to see what Joshua Walker do. I already was, and I know Matt Drake will listen to this and be just as excited. I had my skepticism, and he's doing a lot to kind of prove me wrong on that. And I'm it's one of the rare occasions I'm happy to be wrong. I like it when prospects prove that they are more than just what I thought they were at one point. And they show that week over week, month over month, year over year improvement as a draft prospect. Caden Gooley, come on down. Uh, we are going to talk a lot more, obviously, about the prospects as time goes on, but we are out of time for this episode. So I just want to remind everybody, we do have some mailback questions. We will be back with a game recap and some mailback questions on our Friday episodes. Please, please, please send them to us at LockedOnCanadians at uh, gmail.com. You can also tweet them to us at LO underscore Canadians or send them to us in a direct message. Sometimes I miss those and then I have to forward the the questions to next week so apologies for that uh and you can also leave them in the youtube comments just put mailback question at the beginning of your comment um so that we'll know to address it because sometimes you know people just start discussions in there and we we don't mind that but just make it clear it's a mailback question in the youtube comments uh we appreciate that in the meantime you can find us on twitter at lo underscore canadians you can find me at the active stick you you can find scott at scott matla you can also subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast please subscribe tell your friends and if you're subscribed on youtube hit that bell so you'll know when we either go live or post a new episode thank you so much for listening and we will be back tomorrow